Cinnabuds, Cinnabuds, two buddies talking about cinema. That's us. We're the buds. I am Justin Barney from 88.9 Radio Milwaukee. Christopher Pollard from Milwaukee Film. And today on Cinnabuds, we are talking about the movie The Death of Stalin. I want to make a speech at my father's funeral. Um, no problem. Technically, yes, but practically. When I said no problem, what I meant was no problem. Surprisingly, a laugh riot. (laughs) Right? Seriously. Um, Based on the name, you wouldn't expect it. Yeah, so this is a comedy that is uh, out now. We both saw it at the Downer. Yeah. And uh, the death of Stalin is, I mean, quite literally about the death of Stalin in the Soviet era Russia. And uh, uh, the scramble for leadership that came out of it. Right. Uh, I went into this not knowing anything about it, and I watched it, and the first note that I took, I had a little notebook with me, yeah, yeah. and uh, I said, this is a lot like Veep. Oh, and <laughs> not knowing that is the not creator. Not knowing, and then I got out of the theater, and I looked at the poster, and it said, from the creator of Veep. <laughs> so I loved that. The uh, The director is... Armando Inanucci. That's fun to say. That's that's very fun to say. Yeah. Uh, he did the movie In the Loop. Yeah. Did you see that? I did not. He's British. Uh, in the Loop is very similar. These are all similar. Yeah. The theme is like In the Loop is about the uh, the government in England. Right. And then he has also done the show Veep, mm. which is about uh, American democracy. Right. And then this, which is about uh, totalitarian right. Soviet Union. So getting progressively darker. He's got some specific interests. Yeah. And the thing that I think that Armando Inanucci does uh, the best is I love his take on politics mm. and on people. The way that he covers the government and the way that, like, when I watch Veep is that there are kind of, like, two styles of looking at it. There is – when you're thinking about politics in general and how it operates – uh, there is the kind of like house of cards thinking, which right. is that like the government is super calculated. They're always working 10 <laughs> steps yeah. ahead and they like they've got everything planned out. And this is like it's this meticulous scheme that's being like that is uh, that's going out every day and yeah. and uh, it's happening. And then there is his style, which is <laughs> yeah. that everyone's just looking out for themselves. Nobody has any idea what's going on. Flying and it's by the seat of their pants. Flying by the seat of their pants. Yeah. And I think that his representation of how politics works is much more accurate. It feels more accurate. It yeah. feels so much more accurate when it's like people are just, people are vain. Yeah. People are stabbing each other in the backs. Nobody knows what's going on. Yeah. I think that's a much more realistic well, look. Well, I also feel like comedies are better at including human nature. A lot yeah. more of the aspects of human nature in a real situation, mm-hmm. which is why this film was really great, is because I feel like dark comedies are few and far between now. I feel like in the 90s, maybe, they were that was like their heyday, as, as far as contemporary speaking. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of went away. You know, everyone got very, you know, everyone's very sensitive and understandably so. But I feel like dark comedies are making a bit of a of a comeback. But this particular kind of dark comedy, mm-hmm. I feel like I haven't seen in a long time. Yes, this was a very dark comedy in the way that the plot line surrounds the death of Stalin. And Which Stalin's happens within the first, I would say, 20 minutes. Yep. 
and uh, uh, kind of like the feeling of the whole thing and the feeling of Soviet Russia. A lot of this is real. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of this like actually happened. Right. And uh, uh, it's kind of like this in Russia at this time, Stalin was the leader. He was going through this like three weeks of purges where everyone was just living in fear. Yeah. Mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters are being taken away for anything that right. is seen as being a slight yeah. to the authorian uh, Stalin. Mm-hmm. And as if he, he perceives anything to be against him. And Stalin's whole thing was protecting the party, was loyalty to the party. So if you did anything that was outside of being loyal, uh, you were killed. Mm-hmm. And so this movie deals with the very real fear of being killed. Yeah. And at any moment, and I think that's that's really well done in the opening scene is this radio broadcast being gone is is going out over oh, yeah. the uh, the Soviet radio and it's it's being recorded live. It's this audio this uh this band that's on stage and the operators get a call and it's from Stalin and he says, I want a recording of this. And they like they hang up. They're terrified, and they say, "Are we recording this?" And they have not been recording it. And then the the guy, in fear of his life, you know, <laughs> goes out, wrangles the whole audience, tells them to go back in. The composer passes out. They get a composer from like down the block, right? And he comes in, and they and they record it. They make him do the whole thing over again so that they can have this tape to give yeah. to Stalin because they're afraid if they don't give it to him, they're going to die. Right. And this that is a thing that actually happened. Is it really? Yes. I listened to an interview with the director afterwards, and that's a thing that happened. They actually went through three composers. Oh my gosh! And uh, the guy composed like in his pajamas, and they sent this thing off because it was such a real fear of dying it's funny because when you're saying that i without without knowing that i was like i I don't see how that couldn't have been a real thing that happened based on the events i mean everyone is completely in fear and the guy the director of the station is going to extreme lengths as you just mentioned but it's played by an actor whose name i'm forgetting right now but is a really funny uh british comedian he was in hot fuzz he was in a lot of those Mm -hmm. films um and he does a really good job of making, like, trying to maintain order, but also losing his uh, mind at the same time. And that kind of is like the whole film. That's how that. That's why I think the comedy works so well in a dark comedy in general, and in this one specifically. Is you, especially this one, based on real events. Mm-hmm. It's a skill and a difficulty, and it's going to be met with criticism when you have real atrocities that have happened. I mean, it, these are atrocities. But somehow yeah. you display them on screen and add humor at the same time. That is a tight. That's a tightrope walk, and I think he does it really well. And then occasionally he will pull back from the comedy to really kind of let some of it sink in, which is incredibly effective as well. Yeah, I think that the the tension in this whole movie uh-huh. comes from that Stalin was this authority figure. He surrounded himself with this cast of characters, yeah. and now they have to lead a very authoritarian, singular, unilaterally, yeah. <laughs> you know, decided country, and they have to lead it all like as a group, right? And so it comes from this like this madness that happens of like, well, what would Stalin do? He controlled everything, yeah. and so now like the head is cut off the snake, and it's like they have to figure out. Uh, they have to figure out how to rule, and there's all this backstabbing yeah. and th- all this like comedy that comes from it. Right. It's a it's a power grab, 
like power immediately grab. afterwards. I was thinking it's a lot like if like a Three Stooges type cast yeah. had to <laughs> step in on a real historical event. It's not quite as silly as um, Three Stooges, but it's like like Jeffrey Tambor plays the secretary Jeffrey who in essentially. It. Gets uh, is seated power immediately afterwards. Mm-hmm. He's the least competent of all of them. Yeah. So he's played as this very like, oh, what should I do? Hey, I'm in power. Don't don't talk back to me. But what should I do? I don't know how to do this. Which is a very funny character. S- Steve Buscemi plays uh, Nikolai Khrushchev. What did you think about? I ha- I had a like a little bit hiccup. Yeah. Of sometimes when films are based in one country and everybody speaks English. Oh yeah. I'm like, for me, that's that feels a bit weird. You know, when Stalin yeah. has like a British accent, yeah. there's like something where I'm like, there's there's something about this that I was gives me cause about, for yeah. pause. I was thinking about that immediately, and I actually decided to uh, uh, that it uh, it added to this one because I think they did that. I feel like they don't do it as much today, but the very traditional way that they would done films in the past, it's because I think everyone, especially British and, and American films, were always afraid to include. Uh, foreign accents or or, or subtitles right. is they just accepted like oh yeah it's uh, China in the third century but we're Everyone all speaks English. yeah we're gonna speak English in this movie though I mean it's not just British it's like American actors playing the, it's Steve Buscemi no accent no accent playing Khrushchev that made it so much funnier to me I, I and it also which is my guess is that this story is being told. Again, as uh, a bit of a comparison to current current day events in both of, in England and America, um, and I think that was probably intentional and added to the oh, humor sure, and sure. added to the kind of reference to modern day. Yeah, and uh, it is as of right now, it is banned in Russia. No surprises. No surprises. Which is, uh, I mean. Of course it is. I think that I think that the direction was also excellent. The the way that he introduced characters was like the a new person would walk in and there'd be like a slow mo shot and it would like show oh, their yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was like that was really well done. I thought the pacing of it was really well. Yeah, and uh, I thought overall just very well done. I think so too. It's and, a smart script. It's a smart script. It's a very niche audience. I was like, man, this is for dads. You know, like, I was like, like, I, I like went into this and you see Khrushchev and I was like, I know that Khrushchev comes out on top. You know, I know that he, like, that he is the successor. I kind of forgot that for a few minutes. And then I was like, I know that name. He was bigger than he seems at the beginning of this film. And then I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Right. And so it's like, if you like really love Russian history, you really yeah. love like complicated politics and uh, uh, dark comedy. Yeah, you'll love this. I have, I know. I was thinking. I have a few friends who are real history buffs, and I, I hesitate to. I mean, I, I have a hard time remembering things that happened to me a couple months ago, <laughs> much less when I wasn't born. Um, but I have some friends who are just going to eat this up. The interesting thing I read is that um, I was looking at the historical accuracy and what people said about it, and. I think if you have any work of historical fiction, be it literature or, or, or movies, th- it's never going to be accurate. I mean, they ha- to make the story go, I think there's a certain margin of error that people are okay with. Yeah. And it seemed like most people were roughly okay with it, though uh-huh. there was a couple people that said like, oh, that guy didn't, like, this particular guy wasn't even in that group at that time and that kind of thing. 
Um, but because of, again, I think he's referencing kind of contemporary uh, events and issues, it, it made more sense to do it that way. There was one uh, critic who said something interesting. He said, I don't think he knew where to look for the actual absurdism of Stalinism. Uh, because he didn't, because he felt he didn't get that quite right. But again, I don't know that he was looking for it to directly talk about Stalinism. He was using Stalinism to talk about today. Yeah, that's that's my uninformed guess. Yeah, and uh, I th- I think that he it, it kind of captured this high stakes uh, feel of totalitarianism right. of just like living in constant fear yeah. of constant death yeah. you know and then like when the leader left i thought that it captured this like what do we do now the chaos yeah. that ensued i i thought that was a really fun area to play with so i think if you like veep if you like mm-hmm. things that are uh that are political i think that you'll like this uh definitely a niche audience and i do think it's a it's a throwback to a very particular kind of dark comedy mm-hmm. that is missing i think Mm-hmm. And I think we'll actually start happening more now these days. Uh, yeah, I, I, I yeah. definitely think so. Uh, so, The Death of Stalin, it is in Milwaukee right now, playing at the Downer Theater. Yep, you should see it. You should see it. Before we wrap up, we're going to do a quick word on spoilers. This is a thing we're going to do, just a word on general film stuff every once in a while. And uh, we're kicking it off right here with a word on spoilers. Uh, K. Polly, what is your what do you think about people talking about spoilers after seeing a movie? Should we do it? Uh, should we not do it? Is there a time frame? Should definitely. Thoughts? I feel like everyone has the need to be the first person to acknowledge something that happened. Like, I think it's worse with TV shows than movies, but Game of Thrones is a great example. Everyone wants to go online instantly and say, I saw it and I know a thing that happened. Mm-hmm. It's like, remember when YouTube first came out and everyone started writing the word first? Yeah. Just to be the first person to comment? There's no content. You just, I, I'm first. Right. It's a weird need people have to be like, I know a thing. Right. I don't know why. I feel like you can just wait. You know, just don't say, you don't have to tell, say, oh, I saw a show. It was really good. Done. Right. Until you established if that person <laughs> knows what you're talking about and then you can talk further if you want. That's what I think, too. Spoilers are rude. Yeah. Um, if you are talking, and this is funny because I'm thinking right now, I'm like, oh, have we spoiled anything? And we are, yeah. inevitably, we're going to step on the toes of like of spoiling and not, we're trying to separate this into like general talk and then every once in a while I'll do spoily dish right. where we do directly go into it. But I, I, I really don't think there's any need to talk about like what happened in it. Unless you have a, you're having a conversation with a person, you say, "Did you see it? Yeah. Yes, I saw it. Okay, let's talk about yeah. the details. Let's continue. Right. And I feel like someone who's listening to our podcast knows what they're getting into. You're like you're about to listen to us talk about the movie. If you right. don't want to hear about the movie, you should wait. Right. Um, in general, but there's also that wiggle room between like what is a spoiler and what right. isn't. You can just be like, "Oh, I'm giving you who did it, who done it. Right. I told you who done it." That's the spoiler. Right. But there's also like if you say like, oh, there's this big thing that happens or oh, yeah, like there's this thing that happens at the end. That's like, just as bad. That's just as bad. Because if you say now, there's a thing that happens at the end, I remember watching, uh, what was that movie recent Split that came out? Oh, yeah, yeah. And someone's like, oh, you can't, like the end is crazy. And I like 
for the last 45 minutes of the film, I was like, oh, that's it. Like, oh, is that the thing? (laughs) Is that the thing? Is that the thing that I'm supposed to be, that is supposed to happen? And then it finally happened, and I was like, that's the thing? Yeah. Saying so I just something happened. Split for you. <laughs> <laughs> We're caught in a trap. We just wanted to give you an example. We just set our own net. But honestly, why? Uh, split also came out like two years ago. Or yeah, last year. Yeah, it's the difference between. Uh, yeah, at the end, if you say something's happening at the end that you have to watch out for, that just is distracting and terrible. If you tell us what it was, that's all even worse. But if you tell me, oh, his dad was a dock worker, don't tell me his dad was a dock worker. I didn't know that before. And now I know it. Mm-hmm. If it's not integral, unless it's a surprise, he was a dock worker all along. Right, right. <laughs> or like the death of Stalin. Like, it's not a spoiler that Stalin dies. Yeah. It's in the title. Happens in the first 10 minutes. History. <laughs> yeah. Also, Titanic. The boat goes down. Everyone should know that. What is, what's the time limit, though? Yeah, that's a good question. What Everyone has the, a different opinion. but Right. So, like, you know, the Star Wars where Han Solo dies, did yeah. I just ruin that right. for a group of people? Uh, somebody at work yeah. recently said they want a year and a half. They want a year and a half. Really, They feel like, oh, a year's not enough because I have so much I need to watch. I'm like, yeah, but we can't, we can't all put our lives on hold. Right. But there's also, like, if you have never seen... What's the movie where the people are the food? Soylent Green. If you've never seen Soylent Green, right. uh, I mean, yeah, that was. It's still four hundred years ago, right? But it's still going to be a spoiler to me it because is. I've never seen it, right? I it's been spoiled for me, it, so whatever. Yeah, it's certain. I feel like especially movies that happened twenty years ago. There's no this, there's no spoiling anymore. Now you're watching it because you want to have seen it. You want like you got to catch up. True. You want to see the tone. You want to see what's like the plots of movies that happened more than like two or three years ago. That that ship has sailed. Yeah, yeah. Do you have uh? Was there a time where somebody spoiled a movie for you and it's super disappointing? Wednesday. <laughs> I was like, I was thinking uh, yeah. <laughs> like no. like years like a time for my. I youth. will be honest. Wednesday. It doesn't right. happen very often. But someone, and I won't say the movie, hilarious. and I won't say what happened. Look I'll make up a movie, and I'll make Look up a you. thing. Okay. I went in, and uh, I just overheard. A, I didn't even overheard. Like, the person was staring at my face. and But they were talking to somebody else. He said, well, I was going to go see Dump Truck Stories, but then I found out it was a ghost at the end. And uh, I was like, what? you? Why did you just tell me that to my face? And they didn't even respond. They just, they just kind of moved on. I was like, oh, you just told a bunch of people who you don't know have seen that or want to see it. The very, like, that was the most cartoonish example of a spoiler I've ever seen. Right. Yeah. So there's still people who just do it. Turns out people might not think before they talk sometimes. Yeah, that's a thing. (laughs) Yeah. You heard it here first. Scooped. (laughs) Yeah. So I like seeing, I try to see movies early so that, because I really don't, I, as, Having it spoiled is spoiling it. Then it really ruins yeah. the whole thing for you. I feel like we're gonna see the ones we really are care about. We'll see in an appropriate amount of time. Mm-hmm. And at some point, you just have to let go of the idea that you're not going to know anything. Right? Spoilers. They suck. Try not to do them. Yeah. <laughs> be reasonable. <laughs> be reasonable, the, people. The end of all of these is just we're gonna be, living. Be reasonable. <laughs> we're living in a society. <laughs> All right, that's a word on spoilers, and this has been a conversation of the death of Stalin. This is Cinnabuds. 
And uh, Cinebuds is produced by Tyrone Miller. We have sonic inspiration from The License Lab. Our theme song comes from Milwaukee musician Brett Newski. Subscribe to the podcast at RadioMilwaukee.org or on, on iTunes or anywhere else you listen to your podcasts. I like all of that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.